0: Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise sit back, relax and enjoy the show. hey what's going on everybody good morning it is the morning after book of boba fett chapter two we got this new episode that dropped on disney plus and i'm excited to talk about it because this was an interesting episode this really was and it hit me differently the first time i watched it and then when i watched it again I actually took it a whole different way and it actually made me appreciate the episode a whole lot more Um, so if you're tuning in on the YouTube channel thank you for watching and for joining Um, if you're listening on uh, audio format in podcast form Thank you for listening. You could find these episodes drop every Thursday morning around 9 a.m. Eastern Time, um, both on my YouTube channel, the Loki Geek YouTube channel, and podcast format uh, under the Loki Geek podcast channel, uh, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google, what have you, Amazon Music. It is all available everywhere podcasts are listened to or heard or whatever you know what i mean um but yeah uh the tribes of tatooine that is the episode title here and let's just get into it and as always i like to just start talking about my initial thoughts of the episode and then i'll start breaking things down based off what i watched and my point of view and stuff like that so This episode was interesting because it was mostly all flashback, and if you listened or watched the previous episode, I mentioned that I had a feeling that this was going to be one of those shows where we're going to get a lot of new stuff that Boba and Fennec are going through currently in the current timeline. But we're also going to get a lot of flashbacks to see and learn what Boba has been up to ever since he got out of the Sarlacc pit, and he got rescued by the Tuskens, um, you know, and leading up to the events that we saw his return in The Mandalorian. And this episode was a pure example of that, because I would say, like, maybe the first 15 minutes of the episode was all present time and then the rest of the episode was all flashback. And the much longer episode from last week, the previous week, uh, around 15 minutes or so. um, And I think that kind of threw me off the first time I watched it because uh, I was hoping to get more of a balance and maybe things will change as the episode's progress and all that, but we definitely got a lot of flashback and a lot of things that we learned about Boba before the time that we were reintroduced to him. Uh, But in the very beginning, um, as I watched it the first time, the thing that really threw me off the most, and this is one of my only criticisms I have of the episode, is that I know I praised last week how the stagecraft and the set designs and the environments all look really real. It really looks like they are in Mos Espa, in this, you know, off-world planet and all that, uh, in the city. And I really, really appreciated the the work they've done there. They, that's still very present in this episode. The only thing that I, took me off was some of the CG. And I'll get into it as I discuss more about the episode. But there were certain moments throughout the episode where the CG really threw me off a little bit. Maybe I'm being a little bit too critical, um, and you know I'm looking too much into things, but I remember kind of laughing about it as I watched the episode for the first time. When I watched it the second time and I just focused on the storytelling, I ignored all that, and I appreciated the episode for what it was, and that was the pure directing and storytelling that was put together. This is very similar, in my opinion, to like a... you know, dances with wolves uh, scenario where Boba, you get to see him really, you know, adjust and become one of the tribesmen within the Tuscan tribe that he's a part of. Um, And it was really, really interesting to see him adapt to their ways and them welcoming him into their tribe as he does certain things to kind of help them out and all that. And you get to see really how him as a character has progressed into uh, a diplomat, or into a person of the people, you know, how he gains respect that way. And that's something that we know that he's trying to do in the similar vein on Tatooine. Uh, So very, very interesting to see how all that unfolds. Still the acting is still very well done. Um, You could see a lot of Robert Rodriguez influence throughout the episode, especially during the battle scenes, Um, you know, with the shaky cam movements and all that stuff like that, which I thought was uh, interesting and a nice touch there. But overall, after the second viewing and after allowing myself to really appreciate the story and the directing, I really think this was such a stronger episode compared to the previous one. Um, And I'll get into all that. So I'm really interested to hear how many of you first saw the episode how you first took it did you allow yourself to rewatch it and kind of give yourself a moment to appreciate what the story was trying to portray what how the directing was done throughout the episode and all that because it really changed my point of view because i was being very critical about it the first time i watched it um, there were a lot of comedic elements throughout the episode that I found myself laughing a little bit way too much than I should be in a, a Boba Fett type of um, series, but it's not foreign for this type of humor to exist in the Star Wars, in the Star Wars world, in the universe. Um, so after rewatching it, yeah, I still laughed a little bit, but again, it didn't really sour the taste. Uh, that I had for the episode, watching it the second time. So, again, I'm very, very curious to hear what you all think about it when you first watched it. So, why not, let's just dive into the spoilers stuff now. Um, And if you didn't gather already, I did really like this episode. I really, really did. And I think it is a very strong episode. And I do feel like we are slowly getting the progression of boba's transformation from being a bounty hunter into what he's trying to be now and that is kind of like a ruler or um a head boss or something like that um a person of respect within the the most espa city and tatooine so and perhaps the galaxy let's see what happens right so when the episode starts off basically it picks up where things left off in the previous episode where you see Fennec with her captive going back into Jabba's palace. And again, Fennec is such a freaking badass. No vehicle, no mode of transportation. She's just marching this dude along, right? So they walked all the way from the city to the palace, which it looks like it's quite a a bit far away, right? So they get to the palace, and I do love the shot that they had when. Uh, you see the doors opening up, just like how we saw it in Return of the Jedi. Very nice touch there. And you have Boba and Fennec, and now they're interrogating this dude, right? And he's not talking, right? He's not spilling anything. He's not giving up his sources, where who hired him or whatever like that. And Fennec, again, is just like, look, you know, you got to say something and all that. And then they mention that... Um, He is a member—this assassin is a member of the Order of the Nightwing, or he didn't mention it, but um, the robot there that Boba has within the palace— gives a little background uh, based off of how he looks and how they're not to be trifled with, and they are fully dedicated to their orders and the task at hand, and they're not willing to give anything up, and they're willing to sacrifice their own lives. And we saw that, right? We saw, like, because Boba threatens to chop his head off, and he still doesn't want to talk, and he's even, like, leaning into the sword that the Gamorrean guard is, like, holding over his head, um, under his neck, and all that. So, really, really, he's not giving anything up. So, Fennec Takes it upon yourself. Like, all right, if you're not going to talk to us, then you know we have no use of you. So why don't we just feed you to the Rancor? And when she first mentioned that, I was like, wait a minute. As you, we all know, the Rancor is dead, thanks to Luke. Did they get another one? Perhaps. You know, did Bib Fortuna was he that he able to secure another Rancor in the palace? Right. So same thing like we saw in return of jedi the trap door opens up dude falls down and he is freaking out right and you see like the the throne platforms you know move on up so that they could see everything through the the grates there on the floor and the doors start opening up where you know the Rancor was you know held and all that so he's still freaking out and all that and then he finally starts talking and he's like the mayor, the mayor hired me. I I was sent here by the mayor. And then the door opens up and reveals that there's nothing there. And the and Fennec was just like, it's empty, you dummy. You just spilled the beans. You fell from my trap. So they understand that, all right, now it's time to pay the mayor a visit. So they, they're walking over back in the city, and they go to the mayor's office. Now, here's the first... Um, bit of the episode that i laughed because it was very funny and it felt something that wasn't really star wars in a way because when they walk in they talk to what looks like a receptionist and it's something that you would see perhaps like in a marvel movie or some sort of disney movie where there's a funny back and forth right and the guy's like like who are you and it's like we're here to see the mayor And he he does the typical thing where it's like, well, I don't have you in this schedule and blah, 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 this and that. Um, But the thing that really made me laugh the most is like, he's still trying to say, well, you're not in it. And then the magistrate or whoever you want to call it, the right hand person of the mayor pushes him away and he makes a comment. He's like, oh, okay. (laughs) And for some reason, that had me dying the first time. But it didn't feel like a Star Wars moment. Right watched it the second time i still was cracking up because just the delivery in itself was really really hilarious so that happens you know the magistrate or that you know that guy constantly keeps talking and says like look we appreciate you stopping by the mayor's very busy and you could tell boba has had enough and just looked at fennec and just like all right we're walking in so they ignore all the warnings and they walk in and we finally get to see the mayor for the first time. And the mayor is like that hammerhead creature, alien race, um, who has a, that has a translator. So we're able to understand, you know, what he's saying uh, when he talks in his language. So the mayor's like, you know, who is this person that is, uh, you know, walking in here un- unannounced? And Boba's like, you know very well who the hell I am. I'm freaking Boba Fett, right? So, you know, you sent one of these guys, you must know who I am because you sent this person to, you know, come and assassinate me. And, you know, again, we get a a confirmation that, oh, this is a member of the Order of the Night Wind and blah, blah, blah. And then one of the guards actually shoots him dead. So he tries to spin it in a way where it's like, "Thank you so much for bringing this to our attention." You know, they're not supposed to be found outside a hot space or whatever uh, they say there. And here's your bounty. Here's your reward and all that stuff like that. And you know, in a way, it's kind of a slap to the face to Boba because Boba is like, "I'm not a bounty hunter anymore." And he says that when the, ma- when the mayor kind of like questions him and is like, look, there's something you need to know. Being a bounty hunter is very different from, you know, being like a ruler or being, you know, the uh, main head of families and all that. You know, there's a different set of rules. It's going to be a very different thing for you and all that. Um, and Boba, you know, piqued his interest and was like, oh, well, what do you mean? So the mayor tells him, you got to go back to that cantina where, you know, flash dance lady is at. You know, good old Jessica Biel's there. So, all right. So they go back. All right, something's afoot. They go into the cantina and, you know, Jessica Beals is like, oh, well, I didn't know you were stopping by. Thank you for coming over. You know, you can sit at the bar. I'll try to secure your table. And Bubba's like, all right, cut the, cut the bullshit, right? What's going on? I was told by the mayor that I should come here because there's something afoot, or I need to know about something. And she's like, wait a minute, you haven't heard? Now she mentions that the twins, the Hutt twins, that are cousins of Jabba, are wanting to reclaim their right of the throne uh, that Jabba vacated. And... Bubba's like, no, that's impossible because the twins, they're they're busy on like Hutties or whatever the Hutland, Hut world, and all that. You know, they ain't got no time. This is my domain now. Then you start hearing the drums in the background, right? And like, uh oh, something big's about to happen. So everyone walks out. Bubba's like, yo, Fennec, watch my back. All that stuff like that. And then. You see the entourage, the parade coming in, and you see these poor guys. There must have been like 20, 25, 30 of them just, you know, parading this platform. And we get to see the twin huts there, the cousins of Java. This is the moment where I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. Because for me, the CG looked completely off. You know, this was the very first time. In a Star Wars um, movie, or like even from The Mandalorian, that I thought the CG just didn't work. Um, second, un, you know, in second viewing, I kind of tried to look past it, but for me, it still felt like, you know, something was a bit off, right? So, regardless, so they start interacting, and, you know, the twins are like, hey, We're here to get what's ours. This is our family's right and all that. And Boba's like, no, 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 no. This is my domain now. You know, I'm here. I'm taking over the throne and all that stuff like that. And, you know, there's some threatening messages. And, you know, the the guy's like, you're upsetting my sister. And they're talking to each other. And then out comes one of the most interesting characters that I've seen in Star Wars in a very, very long time. And I was intrigued. And that's when this dude showed up. We have ourselves a black-haired Wookiee that is working with the Hutts. And just look how menacing this guy is, right? Obviously, he's like a warrior figure and all that and he just looks completely badass and I was like holy shit this character is dope I need to know more about this guy so thanks for the internet I was able to look it up and apparently this is a character that is is Canon that is found in the comics so I went over to um, slash film and I pull up an article that they wrote about and basically what they're saying is that this character is it, itself a bounty hunter and it was it's um he, this person this character first appeared in the Star Wars comics um under the Marvel comics run back in 2015 within the Darth Vader series um so the the name of this wookiee is Black Kranz Cran- Kersantan? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But yes, who so this uh Wookiee Warrior worked with both Vader and Jabba the Hutt, much in the way that Boba Fett kind of did. So he is basically a bounty hunter-like character. Very awesome. So I need to know more about this guy. Now I'm pretty sure we're gonna see a lot more of this character. Now what this article also mentions, which is something that I totally didn't even, I wasn't aware of until I started reading it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. This could heavily imply that we might be building a reveal to another known associate of this character, and that is Dr. Afra. Dr. Afra is a main character um, that you was introduced to in the Darth Vader series, and... Um, Afra eventually had her own comic book run and all that stuff like that. Full name is Shelly Lona Afra, um, and, uh, uh, you know, she kind of operates in the gray, not necessarily an ally of the Empire or the Rebellion, you know, she kind of, like, does her own thing, right? But she ultimately teamed up with Vader for a series of secret quests, including building a droid army and finding the whereabouts of Luke Skywalker. Um so there was a very long storyline within the comics about this character and what makes this interesting is that since she has associations with this wookie with the huts with vader and all that stuff like that could we possibly see an aged dr afra appear within this series quite possible you could tell that they're getting influences from the comics um, which is considered canon so very very cool stuff and I was just like yeah I'm all in I need to know more about this character and what's gonna come out of it you know so you know this Wookiee comes out and Boba's not even phased. he's like look I don't care you could bring out your biggest warrior and all that stuff like that I'm still not giving up the throne and all that and the huts kind of converse and they're like, Look, violence is not a good look. We'll keep in touch, you know, sleep lightly, blah blah blah, and they make their exit and all that. So Fennec and Boba, they have their little powwow. And Fennec being Fennec was just like, first thing she says is like, You you do know that if we're gonna kill them, we're gonna need to get, we're gonna need to get permission to do that. And Boba makes a little joke about like, well, maybe, you know, things have been settled. And she's like, do you really think so? And he's like, nah. And then they walk off. And then Boba now gets back to the palace and we see him back in the bacta tank again. That ends the, you know, current period events. The period that we now see the present Boba. Now starts the rest of the episode where... It's all flashback. And like I mentioned, this was like 15 minutes in, right? So for the rest of the episode, and before I forget, as the, something that I also noticed too as they were walking through Mos Espa, and I, I noticed this also in the previous episode, but they really highlighted it a lot more now. Um, one of my favorite bounty hunters that we really didn't get to see a lot of, um, especially on screen, is Bosk. Bosk. There's something about this bounty hunter that I just that really intrigues me. Right now, I didn't really read a lot of him um, in the comics. I know he was very present in the comics, and I believe in some of the books. Um, but I remember when Star Wars Battlefront, the latest iteration that came out, you were able to play him as one of the you know VP characters or whatever have you, and. Just his set of skills alone, I love. I really, really fell in love, and it's like Bosk is a badass, and it would be so awesome if we got to see him in the big screen. Now we haven't seen Bosk yet, but as we're walking through most Espa in previous episode and in this episode, and even one of, uh, we also saw kind of a Bosk presence. It's because there's a lot of the his ra- alien race is uh, Trandoshan, right? Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, it. Let me just make sure. Yeah, Trandoshan. Um, and there are a lot of Trandoshans in Moss Espa, and pro- more more possibly on Tatooine. Um, we saw a Trandoshan come over and pay his respects to Boba offering his you know uh his uh, little peace offerings and all that stuff like that so given that there's tons of Trandoshans on Mos Espa and on Tatooine are we gonna possibly also see Bosks show up because you're gonna we're gonna have to see some other bounty hunters pop up in this series because given that Boba is a ex-bounty hunter I'm sure there's a lot of people that are probably had run ins with him and learning that now he's trying to take on this higher role. Are we going to see some scuffle about, well, you know, this guy was one of us or like one of us? We kind of want what he got. So what can we do? Right. Don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know if that's all true or not, but it's speculation. Right. And, you know, it wouldn't be Star Wars if there wasn't any kind of speculation, so it was just something that I noticed that I wanted to highlight there real quick. So we get to um, the flashbacks there, and we see Boba hanging out with um, good old t- the Tusken Raiders, and he's learning how to fight uh, with the Gaffy stick. So they're teaching him how to kind of fight with the Gaffy stick and all that stuff like that, and. You see him progressing, you know, messing up, progressing. But you could tell that he's really interested to learn how to fight with this new weapon. Because it looks like to me that Boba is used to just firing a gun, a blaster, pistol, rifle, or whatever like that. He has his trusty flamethrower torch and everything like that. But hand-to-hand combat is probably something that he's not so great at. So it was really, really interesting to kind of see him learn how to use this this uh new type of weapon you know as he's learning to do it and all that and and he's really really picking it up and he's learning more all of a sudden we see something in the distance and it's freaking the tuscans out all of them are scattering and they're getting their weapons ready and all that stuff like that and boba has no clue what's happening all of a sudden we see laser fire coming from this thing and it turns out to be kind of like a freight train Something like, it's almost something like someone from, like, Snowpiercer, you know, because it's this, like, fast-moving train that zooms on by, and they start firing on the Tuscan uh, camp. Poor Bantha in the back got, got was the first one to get clipped, and you'll see later on, like, the Banthas are, like, giant-ass targets, and they're just standing there. They just want to hang out, and they're getting clipped left and right, right? so this thing you know zooms by unfortunately a lot of tuscans were killed because of this um and boba you know is distraught in a way it's like this is unfortunate you know these guys were just minding their own business and this train that's like zooming by which is basically their land you know they're the ones that are you know indigenous to the the desert the dune sea there in on tatooine and that's something that we learn as the episode progresses. And these guys are just zooming by with no permission and just taking it upon themselves to kill them off, right? So as you know, they're kind of you know remembering the dead, and they you know, they're putting all the, the dead bodies on the bonfire. Boba notices in the distance these uh speeder bikes, and then he comes up with an idea he's like this he's like look i want to help you guys out we're gonna attack that train the next time we see it leave it to me i'll take a gun i'll take a stick and i'll come up with a plan to kind of uh take on this train the next time it comes around so the leader was just like half believing him you know he's probably thinking like all right this is kind of like a suicide mission right but whatever so Boba starts walking, and we see him approaching this. I guess it's like a bar, right? It's a little, little uh, off the beaten path hangout where you see some like humans enjoying their drinks, you know. But these this biker gang—that's basically what they are. They they are the Star Wars biker gang. They got the vests, and they looks like they have like their own, you know, patches and their own logos in the back and all that. And they're partying, right? They're like having a good time they're joking around they're drinking you know alcohol they're playing games they're laughing and all that stuff like that they're imposing on all the other patrons they steal the food from the patrons table they even steal a drink one of the the dudes tries to step up him you know after he mutters something and now it looks like it's going to be a full-on brawl between the patrons and uh these this biker gang and in comes boba fett almost like the terminator right he comes walking in and he he has like no care he's like i came to basically take you guys out and that's that's probably one of like the, the biggest like fight scenes of this episode right where he basically just goes to town and this is where i i said that The Robert Rodriguez kind of action scene really takes place and has a lot of influence here because you get a lot of the shaky cam stuff, you get a lot of great action, great fights, and all that. And you know, Bob wipes the place clean of these these biker gangs, right? So the patrons are obviously relieved. You know, he celebrates by drinking something at the bar that was left behind, and he makes his exit out. And now we learn that basically he went there with a purpose to take them out so that he could take the speeder bikes. So he got the speeder speeder bikes and he's coming back to the town to the camp. And this was another moment that I started laughing. And this does kind of fit more within the Star Wars realm. Is basically he presents the speeder bikes like this is my gift to you. This is how we are going to take on that train. And he turns around and all the Tuscans are like dismantling these bikes. They're like, they're almost like Jawas, right? You know, like They don't know technology, right? So they're like hammering away, taking things off the things. And Boba's like, whoa, 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 whoa what are you doing? No, we are going to use these to take on that train. And I'm going to train you guys on how to ride them. So I thought that was really hilarious. And then the next montage scene of the training Is also very comical for me Um, again doesn't feel like Star Wars at all and like I said first viewing I was really thrown off by it because all I could do was just keep laughing because it felt like a different type of series I was watching but you know he's teaching them how to ride the bikes and obviously there's a lot of mishap you know they don't know technology they don't know how to like move forward or back guys are falling off someone runs over a dude but he's also teaching them how to jump from a moving vehicle and that's where we get a lot of comedic moments too, where the guy misses the guy makes it and then falls off you know blah blah blah, this and that Um, but eventually they start learning and they get the hang of it right so all is you know they're all set and they're ready and they're like all right we got our training in we think we know how to you know ride these things, and we have a plan in place now to take on this train. Fast forward, you know, Boba is getting really, really good with the gaffy stick, and he's learning and all that. Now comes the freight train. And when I say freight train, I'm thinking of that Guns N' Roses song, <laughs> Night Train, sorry. but they should have played something like that during the next sequence because this is like a full-blown, um, almost like Western type sequence where they're now going to use these bikes to ride along next to this train to take it over. So this is like pure Western right here. Um, and they go forward, they're speeding along with this train, you know, obviously there's some casualties and all that, but they also set it up so that they had this, uh, um, a, a setup um, along the path of the train where they have these like expert marksmen. These Tuskins are really good shots, and we should have known that already because we got a glimpse of that in um, the prequels in episode one when they're taking pot shots at the pod racers, right? And with pretty decent success. So these you know, marksmen are taking out the the people who are peering through the windows and, like, really, like, firing on um, the camp and firing on, now, these speeder bikes. So they're able to, like, get on top of the speeder bike, uh, on top of the train, I should say. Um, and then we get a shot of the driver. And this was another moment of the episode that threw me off a little bit. I should also mention that I thought the CG with the speeder bikes and all that felt a little off to me, too. Again, maybe I'm just being very nitpicky and all that stuff like that, but I just didn't feel like it was the quality of what we've been seeing from, like, the Mandalorian or all that stuff like that. But second viewing, I was able to kind of put that behind me and just appreciate the episode. But we see this driver and this felt like a star tours thing because this driver has is a robot and has multiple arms and is able to finagle all the controls and this and that and whatever and this person this robot the only duty this robot has is to get this train from point a to point b he's seeing that the train's being attacked so he's trying to speed things up right but the whole sequence there just felt very like cartoony in a way um And it threw me off, I'll admit. Even in the second viewing, I was just like, this is kind of ridiculous. But you know what? I'll go with it. I'll go with what they're throwing at me. So they're going on and they're taking the the guards out and this and that. The main Tuscan warrior that has been training Boba, that we also saw kick Boba's ass in the previous episode, takes it upon him or herself. I believe it might be a female Tuscan uh, because I learned today that the stunt person that is playing this role is the same stunt person that has been the stunt, um, uh, stunt person for Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. And so she's very well known in the industry, especially in, under the Disney properties. So I thought that was also really cool too to learn that. Um, but she, um, basically takes her bike, goes and crashes it into the train and, like, pretty much jumps into one of the windows to kind of help them out because they're getting, like, picked out while they're on top of the train. So you see this really nice pan shot, panning shot of uh, her going through car to car, like, taking all these guys out. And the guys who are popping up on the top who are, like, you know, shooting at these uh, Boba and the rest of the crew, you see one of them drop. And then this was another comedic moment that I thought was actually really funny and didn't feel Star Wars-y too much. She pops up on the hole and looks at them and they're like, oh, got two more behind me. Guts down and you see them get dragged in and thrown out. So I thought that was a very comical action scene right there. This whole scene also very much reminds me of the train hijack scene in Solo, in the Solo movie very very similar feel to it and all that stuff like that and I wonder if you caught that as well but they finally get to the front of the train but then they have this big you know turbo you know engine that is constantly like picking up speed and blows people away and all that stuff like that so Boba goes into the cockpit and comedic moment number two or three, four, five—I don't know how many there have been so far already. Um, he's like, "I need you to stop this train." Robot kind of looks at him like, "I'm out, yo!" Busts through the window and leaves. And the bubbles like, what "The fuck!" And we see the robot, you know, tumble in the sand, and it's just like, "Okie dokie, I'm gone," and you know, runs away so very much like in the vein of like the the droid troopers that we saw in the prequels uh, same type of comedy there so whatever, I took it for what it was Boba finds a way to like stop the train, the train stops and they're able to now take over the train now this is a part of the, the episode where we, we really start seeing Boba take on the reign of like diplomat or you know person of the people and we see that there's a lot of these people, um, I don't know if you want to call them like elites or dignitaries or whatever like that, but they're saying, you know, this is a freight train, you know, we, we just use this as transport no and all that. But was like, yeah, but you never got permission from these guys to use their their land to, you know, transfer your goods and all that stuff like that. You know, you didn't even like give any offerings or what have you. There's a, another funny moment where it's like, are you carrying any spice? And the guy's like, what spice? What does it look like? And you see these Tuscans walk out and they drop this box and all the spice, you know, kind of uh, spills out. And he's like, well, it looks like that. So I guess you do know exactly what spice is. And right now things aren't looking so good for you. He's talking to the main leader of the group there. So basically he gives them like an, uh, an ultimatum. He's like, look, you've been rummaging through these lands for your your own benefit and all that and you've been you know torturing these tuscans this is their land you know so they are now taking back the claim of their land you have no right to come through here unless you you make a deal with us and all that and to show us our civility and how well we are to show Uh, that we're willing to work with you or whatever the case is, that we're not that bad of people. We're just, this is our, this is the place where we belong and you can't just be abusing it. We're going to let you go. And they're like, all right, so go ahead. You're not going to take the train back here, but you're all going to walk to Hammerhead, uh, to wherever, and uh, Anchorhead, I believe it was the place, which is like the main port and all that. And it's like, but we're gonna we're not gonna survive. You know, they, they're gonna kill us, or we're gonna, you know, go thirsty because we have no water. It's like, look, we already have this agreement now, no one's gonna bother you, and we're gonna give you some of those like those uh crazy pod things, and you're gonna live off the milk just like how everyone here has been living off the milk for decades, right? Then they, they find, so they they walk off and some of the Tuscans, they find the water car and they got all this water coming out and they're like elated. They're like, oh, we got water. Woo! You know, our savior, Boba Fett. Praise be. You know, and then you see the the head of the Tuscans uh, give a nod of, you know, appreciation and all and Boba did his thing, right? Now, go back to camp. Now we have a moment where, again, this feels very much like Dances with Wolves or um, even Avatar, whatever the case is, where they're explaining to Bobo, like, you know, there are many tribes of the Tuscans, and for the longest time we've been hiding and live, living in fear. And Bobo's like, well, you, you shouldn't hide. You are all... Trained and purebred warriors. You know, you should be out in the open. You should be proud that this is your land. And, you know, like, well, they've got technology. You know, we don't. And and Boba's explained that, well, you have technology now because I'm giving it to you and I'm introducing you to it and how to use it. So you have all the abilities and power to take back what's yours and the way they're communicating too is through this really awesome sign language that they're you know able to really communicate well with so I thought that was also a very great touch so the head chieftain there is like look I got a gift for you and presents them with this little lizard and Bubba's like oh that's nice and you know it's being presented as you are such a great guide this will help guide you even further. And I was like, all right, well, this little lizard dude's going to help me guide, you know, I guess. And then he gets spritzed with a powder and the lizard runs up his nose into his head. And that was the big WTF moment of the episode. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And now we start getting into this trippy. Scenery and Boba's feeling this weirdness and things are taking over And it turns out Boba is now going through his own spiritual journey Just like how the you know American Indians how they have this you know Tradition where you get like a spiritual awakening and you have to go through a spiritual walk to kind of find yourself and your purpose and Maybe your place within the tribe and all that stuff like that. So we see Boba walking around at night coming across this tree. We get flashbacks of, again, young Boba on Camino. You know, you know, seeing scenes from, you know, visions from that life. Fast forward to him in the Sarlacc pit, struggling. The tree that he comes up to is engulfing him, just like how he felt like in the Sarlacc pit, and he has to find a way to break out, and eventually he does breaks off the branches of the tree and we get the sense that he has been awakened right makes it back to camp with the tree branch that he broke off in hand and now they are going through the process of transforming him to be part of their tribe and they give him the garb the same garb that we saw him when he first showed up on the mandalorian then they take him to this special area where he now transforms his this branch of the tree into his very own personal gaffy stick and it was very nice seeing him learning and them encouraging to make it his own like this is your thing you're making it Just like how Jedis have to make their own lightsabers to, you know, kind of do like that final level of their training and everything like that. This was his final level, his final stage to make his own gaffy stick and all that. And he makes a very cool, awesome looking one. Again, same thing that we saw him with as he showed up on the Mandalorian. And goes back and then they're all sitting in a circle in the fire, by the fire. And they pretty much introduced. This is the new Boba Fett. I am a part of this tribe. They start doing their little kata dance, and everyone's circling, dancing, and boom, episode ends. Very, very awesome episode. Really, really liked it a lot. Again, I appreciated it more after the second viewing, because a lot of the things I mentioned that threw me off took over my mind when I was watching the first episode, which is unfair, you know, because... I didn't really get to appreciate the story of what was being told. After I had allowed myself to watch it the, the second time, then I finally started to realize, wait a minute. This is what they this is what we're seeing. Boba again, in his transformation from being a bounty hunter to what he wants to become later on, he is now being a person of the people. He is now standing up for this tribe that took him in, that helped him survive and all that help train him you know and he's fighting for the rights of these groups of people and it was so touching and such a well-done story a well-done chapter within the book of Boba Fett right you know it's very very interesting how they're doing it and how the one character that we knew very little of You know, I believe he only had six to eight minutes of screen time in the original trilogy. Four lines of dialogue or something like that. We knew nothing about this character and we're getting so much now. Right? And he's turning and they're, you know, they're presenting. This is Boba, the person that you've always were curious about. Now we're giving you this story that we are you know, fleshing out in front of your very own eyes. And it's making me really, really appreciate this character even more so. You know, he was always a cool-looking badass. You know, even his lines, though little, were very badass lines, right? Everyone has their own speculation or fandom, um, own created stories about who Boba Fett was and how he operates and all that kind of stuff like that. And but now we're getting a true sense of at least this iteration of Boba that we're finally getting now the rebirth of Boba Fett. This is who Boba Fett's gonna be. You know, I read someone said something really really brilliant on Twitter. It's like born out of water, uh, rebirth into sand, right? And that's basically what we got in this episode. And I thought it was really really well done. I really really appreciated it. Moving now into the next episodes, I obviously we're going to get again flashbacks of how he got his Slave One spaceship, which I don't think they're calling it Slave One anymore, you know, because of our woke environment and society. Uh, I think they're just, they, they came up with a new name for this ship, but we're going to get to see obviously him going after that and then leading obviously into the events of when he first appeared uh, or reappeared in The Mandalorian. So it's going to be really cool to see how that kind of fleshes out because. You know, we don't know exactly what happened to his ship after the whole Sarlacc incident, right? Um, and now we were also introduced to some new characters in the Hut Twins. And this badass freaking Wookiee, right? What's going to happen there? There's going to be some, you know, challenges and struggle for Boba within Tatoo- the within most Espa on Tatooine there. So how that's gonna play out, how is he he gonna work with all the different crime families within this city. So there's a lot of more stuff to come into, and I'm gonna say also, too, like, I'm gonna- I, I understand also why people may not be liking this series yet. Um... Because I think people are looking for something a little bit more fantastical, a little bit more present. The flashbacks might be throwing a lot of people off and all that. Um, and it's a very isolated series so far. It's taken place in just two main locations, most Espa and the Tuscan camps, right that we are fami- that we see Boba um, turning into his rebirth, right? So for many people, it might be kind of boring, right? But even with the little glimpse in the beginning of his interaction with the mayor, And the mentioning of the families and this and that it really feels like we're we're still gonna get this kind of like mafia-like crime storyline which is something that i kind of always wanted to see you know like kind of like how it was it would have been cool if we got a storyline of like the the underground of like coruscant right you know with all the seediness and all this kind of stuff like that but in a way we're kind of getting that but in a different format here and more along the the crime families of tatooine you know, that Jabba was ruling for the longest time. Um, so, I'm really, really excited to see where it goes from there. But that's pretty much all I gotta say about that. Again, I, I'm very curious to hear all of your thoughts. It um, doesn't matter what I think. What matters most is what all of you think. So, let me know in the comments, how did you feel about this episode? You know, are you like me? You know, were you thrown off and then maybe you, you allowed yourself some time to think about it or rewatch it and then you get a really full understanding of it? Or have you already just been liking it, what you've been getting so far, and that's that? Or are you one of those who are not feeling these episodes yet? Because I've been seeing a lot of people, you know, hating on this show so far. Um, I don't necessarily agree, but I will say I can understand why. But you know, these are the storylines I think is refreshing to get within the Star Wars universe because we've been getting the fantastical stuff. We've been getting a lot of the connecting tissue and, you know, the Jedis and the Sith and, you know, all the stuff like that. You know, this is a different world now. This is the crime world. This is like the bounty hunters. These are, you know, the the politics of, you know, you know this city where all of these crime families live in. We are really getting reintroduced to this character that we had known, that we didn't know anything about previously. And we're getting a fleshed out backstory, basically, of his rebirth from Bounty Hunter to what he's going to be moving forward. So I will say just, you know, hang in there. You know, I'm pretty sure things are really going to start picking up. And we're going to get a lot more reveals, a lot more tie-in, like, like introductions, probably. And, yes, of course, we are going to get more flashbacks to flesh out the remaining storylines or the remaining journey that Boba went through um, until his uh, uh, emergence on The Mandalorian. So, yeah, let me know your thoughts in the comments and all that. Uh, Again, if you are new... Make sure to show you uh, some love and appreciation if you enjoyed everything. You know, hit that like button, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Check out the podcast um, on uh, your podcast platform of choice. Download the episode, leave a great rating, and all that because it really helps support the channel as I'm growing this uh, little by little. But you know, I'm enjoying this, and I hope you are enjoying watching along as well. So, as always, stay cool, stay. I will restart that all over again. Stay cool, stay classy, stay safe, and I'll catch all of you guys next week. All right, thanks, everyone.